0: Hey, Rayon. Hey, Wayne. Takesha can okay? <laughs>
1: do you speak Spanish? Do you know what that means? I do not. I do not. But I know where that's from. What's up? That's all it means, is what's up. Interesting. I want a new ass. Do you want a new ass? I will think about my answer to that question, <laughs> pending the results maybe, I'm able to produce maybe myself. Maybe.
0: When you get to Madonna's age, because Madonna wants a new ass, yeah, <laughs> because that's what she says. She says, um, "Takesha yo quiero un culo nuevo,"
1: which means, what's up? I want a new ass." Okay, so you've really done your research on this remakes. <laughs> I was just bopping to it. I was like, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Well, the reason why I'm going to talk to you
0: is because listeners are going to hear this episode and not hear us talk about the Takesha remix of Hung Up or the Blondish remix of Sorry. (laughs) Is there any reason why we didn't?
1: Yeah, well, I I think we just genuinely forgot because we kind of (laughs) had a chaotic start to the recording session due to some technological snafus. It It was a mildly, not very, but a mildly chaotic day um but it, th- the gag is like as soon as we got home like it it just clicked to both of us oh we did not talk about the two most recent remixes <laughs> relevant to the album so i'm glad we actually yeah. have a chance to like record this virtually now To all of our listeners this is like an addendum i yeah. suppose yeah <laughs>
0: An addendum episode. So I'm just going to put this like, I I may put this either at the beginning or at the end of one of the episodes.
1: It would make sense if it was the end of episode two, since episode
0: three is going to be mostly
1: about tour. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is sort of like an apology. (laughs) I guess not. I don't know. All right, let's go. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne, and it is the episode I have been wanting, needing, waiting, waiting for, because this is the album that includes the song that this podcast was named after. That's right, it is time to get your roller skates and grab your disco balls, because we are going deeper and deeper, but not back to erotica. We are going to talk about the album, Confessions on a Dance Floor, and what I like to refer to as Madonna's last solo record. And I brought a friend here with me, and we are doing this episode in person, which I have not done since the very first episode. So uh, <laughs> it's we had some technical issues, and we worked around them. But um, So it is a special occasion for us to get together. <laughs> Please welcome Rayhan Iqbal. They are a younger Madonna fan, which always excites me to talk to. And Rayhan does a great job in the queer community by working at the Virginia Department of Health, working with the HIV prevention team, and navigates access to PrEP. They have an interesting intro to Madonna, which includes Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Oh, we Ooh. will definitely be diving into that.
1: Oh, she'll be coming several times up in this episode. <laughs> Welcome, Rayon. Hi, how hi. have you been? Thank you for having me. I am well. I am very excited. I'm slightly upset because you stole my point, which was the fact that this is the namesake episode, which I'm also very excited to be a part yes. of. Yes. Yeah. And we've been we have
0: been talking about doing this episode since I first met you, and I found out that you are a Madonna fan. Yeah. Which has been. Um, a year, probably, and year and a half
1: ish. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we first met, and somehow it came up that I was a huge Lady Gaga fan. And you brought up that you were a huge Madonna fan. And then we kind of competed to see, okay, who the bigger stand was. And you were like, well, <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can't really beat that. <laughs> um, and then you told me that you um, recorded an episode or two for each album and you had guests come in to talk about every single album Mm -hmm. um and i was like i'd like to be a part of it and you were like what album would you like to be part of and i gave you three choices i gave you um bedtime stories i i gave you erotica and i gave you confessions of the dance floor and at the time you already had your guests for both bedtime stories and erotica yeah Um, and so I got this and I, here we are a year and a half later, finally. So take us back to the beginning. Tell
0: us, tell us how you discovered Madonna. Were you already aware of her and what, explain the whole Lady Gaga born this way?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, so I had an interesting exposure to Madonna, like obviously, so yes, I knew about Madonna, but peripherally. Like I knew that she was an artist and I knew that she was someone who was known as the queen of pop. But since I was very much like 10 at the time, I did not have any other knowledge about her beyond that. Um, And then when I was like in my early teens, that was about the time when born this way came out and like the year prior to when born this way came out. So like during the fame monster era is when I became a Lady Gaga stan. Um, and so, really, my first actual exposure to Madonna was because of the entire Born This Way, Express Yourself controversy, ooh, ooh drama. <laughs> um, and like, we don't need to get into it too much. Like, everyone who probably listens to this episode is well aware of um, that moment in pop history. Mm-hmm. But that was a, pretty much the first time I was like, okay, let's actually listen to. Madonna and I listened to I think Express Yourself was the first song I ever listened to um just to see if they did sound similar um in the verdict they did not like <laughs> <laughs> we've had this conver- we've had this conversation and we both agree that like they do not but like at the time I did not think they did but like as time has progressed and I have a better understanding of music I'm like okay I see where people were coming from yeah. um but, but yeah, that's basically, I listened to Express Yourself and then I listened to Vogue and I was like, okay, yeah, I stan.
0: And then you heard Babylon. <laughs>
1: and then I heard Babylon, yeah, like 10 years later, I heard Babylon. Um, yeah, and then I didn't really become, that was when I became a fan. I was like, oh my God, she has great music, but I didn't exactly become a stan really until like during covid Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: i really started diving deep like at the time i'd listened to like several of her tracks and stuff but during covid when um the entire world shut down and we were all just like shut away in our rooms and like dens and caves or wherever (laughs) um that's where i really started diving deep into her discography and like listened to pretty much every single album um And got obsessed. And again, I apologize for bringing up Gaga again. Do not apologize. But this album also at the time, that was around the same time, early um, pandemic, when Chromatica came out. And like this album reminds me a lot of, or Chromatica reminded me a lot of this album in so many ways. Especially in the sense that like part of the message of both of them is like, okay, like just dance freely and like dance your pain away, which was a very pertinent message at the time and so like both of these albums were very important to me during that time to like help me cope with the situation yeah. the world was in at the time
0: well i would say never apologize for liking you like there's room for everyone yeah. and um i like Lady Gaga too i just saw her live uh so you know everyone has Everyone is free to like whoever they want. And I will also say that the fact that Lady Gaga was your gateway to Madonna shows that, you know, don't don't try to shut out other artists because it could lead to more fandom and more discovery of of other artists that you do like.
1: Yeah, Um, exactly.
0: Like Madonna. (laughs) Uh, So today we are talking about Confessions on a Dance Floor. Mm -hmm. And... I I lovingly refer to it as her last solo record because this is the last time she did a, a an entire album just herself. Just herself. There's no like guest appearances such as Justin Timberlake and Timberland <laughs> and Kanye <laughs> and uh who else? Alicia Keys.
1: Yeah. Nikki minaj, yeah. Um, Nicki minaj Yeah.
0: Nicki Minaj. Oh gosh. Lots of Nicki Minaj. M.I.A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Uh, the list is endless because she always features
1: Maluma (laughs) Maluma. Yeah. I don't
0: mind that one, Um, (laughs) but you know um, I feel like this is kind of her last, this is my last way of, of, of um, I I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I think it's just, (laughs) it's just her last record of, of only self-reflection, not including others and just having kind of like a, a one point of view, which she did say, I believe in an interview, and I don't, I don't recall what year it took place or where it took place. I think it may have been TRL or um, maybe it was Oprah or something. Someone asked her, "Have you thought about doing duets? Or how come you don't have a duet on this latest album?" I don't, I don't believe it was this one. And she said, "She goes, I don't, I don't want to do a duet. I want one point of view." And for me, this yeah. album reflects that statement that she made because. Again, this is the last full album that she has with no guest appearances, except Isaac, which we'll talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's get started. So the first track is Hung up, "Hung up," which also was the first single. "Hung Up" does feature a sample by Abba. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And
1: what are your thoughts? So immediately when you think of confessions on a dance floor, like what's the song that comes to your mind? Get I think together. <laughs> that is true. I mean, Get Together as well, which we'll get into right after. And I can see that you're partial to that song. And honestly, I am too. Um, but I think for a lot of people, the answer would be Hung Up. Um. Sure. And I think it's a song that has very much... It encapsulates the definition of, like, stood the test of time. And I think when you think of Confessions by Madonna, like, Hung Up comes to your mind. Um, and it's, it's the song that she performed the most. And it's the song that's very much the most remembered from this album for a lot of people. Um, And I think that's why it was the perfect choice as the lead single for the album.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also stood the test of time because it has stood the test of time of also ABBA too, like, People For sure, kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that song and that sample sounds familiar. What is that from? Oh yeah, it's ABBA. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Now, I personally, this is not one of my favorite songs. Interesting. And I think it is, that's a very controversial <laughs> fact. And it is because of the ABBA sample. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I, I just, I, I think it's that I, I don't necessarily mind it but it's just something about that. It's just like it's it's like that mosquito buzzing around your ear, where it's kind of like okay, I get it. You're using this sample, um, but I don't I don't like hate it or anything. I just think it um, it to me. It's when it came out, it wasn't. I didn't get excited about it. I got excited about her coming out with a new album, and I will say that right before or right around the time that she was promoting that she started the promotion of this record, a a couple things happened. She um, got in a horse riding accident and she fell and she um, broke or injured her scapula and her arm and her hand or something. So if you talk about that in Ellen, yes. And, And if you look in the video, she's where she's, has to keep her arm like still and straight. So it's like in the pocket of her jacket. So they did a great job of like disguising it. And she did a, um, a Motorola commercial. Uh, hello, moto. If you guys remember that (laughs) again, she was wearing like an arm brace, uh, while she was doing that. Um, the other thing that was happening around that time is that she released her, I'm going to tell you a secret documentary, which was the, um, documentary for the reinvention tour. Um, so she showed up and I went to that premiere cause I won tickets through the fan club. And I remember her showing up to the premiere and she was wearing, uh, I, f- I forget exactly what she was wearing, but I remember she was wearing like a gold beret, I believe. And, um, a flashy dress. I mean, it just kind of looked like a costume and it was weird to see her in person that close because you realize how, like, short she actually is. Yeah. Like, well, I should say she's, like, short, but she's... But, I, I mean, but it, it is still weird to see, like, her, because her presence is very grand. She seems very, very larger same. than life, and she seems very... Um, um, she seems to tower over everybody, regardless of how, you know, what her actual height is. Um, so it was just weird to see her in that stand... In, in that presence, because it uh, she was just... It, it just almost wasn't her, right? Because you're expecting to see someone just larger than life looming over you, but no, you're actually, you're taller than her looking down at her, um, which I would never do. I don't look down on the dog. Uh But um, she, those are the events that were happening around this time. And um, so I don't, I, when Hung Up came out, I, it was a cool video. I loved the video. I loved how like European and, and UK-ish and British it looked. Uh, it had this like treatment on it where, you know, you could tell she wasn't in the U S and I think this was also around the time where she was kind of embracing that British living and trying to um, capture this Euro dance uh, because she did mention another event that happened is that she performed on live eight uh, mm-hmm. right before yep. this. And uh, maybe it was a f- maybe six months or so before when she performed on live eight. Um, someone will correct me. I'm sure. But I remember she did an interview with John Norris and he said, I hear you making a, a new like dance album. And she's like, yeah, I want to get back to dance. So this was after American life where it was more, um, folky and, and but like folk electronic. Uh, so then we got this and it was surprising to me because I thought she was going to go more in a rock direction after this. And I'll tell you why when we get to the song, but, um, I was very happy with the turnout of the record, but
1: Hung Up would not necessarily be my favorite (laughs) track on the album. So we have the opposite opinions on pretty much everything you talked about. So I love the song, but did not like the music video as much, specifically because I feel like when it comes to music videos, you expect just a whole other caliber from her. Mm -hmm. And it was very laid back but i will agree that yes when i watched the music video it gave very much like okay the europeans living like europop underground club scene yeah um and see this is how i know you'll clown me because with my generation and this is just a generational difference um I listened to Hung Up and was exposed to Hung Up before I even knew Gimme 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 existed. (laughs) So when I listened to Gimme 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 at first, I was like, oh, did they sample Madonna? And then (laughs) someone was like, no, it's the other way around. Like, Ebba preceded Madonna's Hung Up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's just a Gen Z thing for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, by like... 30 plus years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was
1: in the 70s, and this was, like, 2005. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I know um, this is also the first record that was fully produced by Stuart Price, who was her mm-hmm. um, music director for John World Tour, as well as Reinvention, um, but this was, like, the first record he fully produced, and they recorded it mostly, like, in his home studio, and uh, I remember when they recorded the song, they had two versions ready to go. They had the one with the ABBA sample and one without... And I believe that um, ABBA was not someone that licensed their music like that. They didn't like Mm -hmm. samples of their music used, so they never allowed it before this, or at least very rarely. And they were praying and hoping that uh, they would give the approval that they could use this sample. And luckily they did, Um, because I think at the time, Stuart Price had only... she had asked him to produce something that sounded like ABBA. And this was uh, what he came up with and he sampled it. And um, I think it was more around Madonna didn't know that he didn't have the approval yet to use the sample. Right. So um, what bad news would he have to do? How would he have been able to deliver that bad news to Madonna? Like, "Uh, sorry, we're not going to be, sorry. (laughs) Um, We're not going to be able to use, this song this sample but luckily that didn't happen everything worked out and I mean it is a great track it's just
1: not one of my favorites yeah I yeah no I love this track I just feel like it's the perfect opener to the album in terms of just the overarching atmosphere of the album itself but also it does the job because it gets you pumped up Like, starting with the sample and then slowly revving up. Like, it's a great song to run to. It's a great song to just, like, she meant when she was asked what she was thinking when she um, recorded this album. And I don't remember what interview this was. I think this was, was this Ellen? Or was this um, Bistro TV? I don't exactly remember. But they asked her what... her um, her rationale was when she was recording this album, and she said, "I was thinking about dance, and I was thinking about dancing freely and wildly." And I think this song captures that essence perfectly.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a great startup track. And do you know that she reused the lyrics from another song? Do you know what song that was? No. What you- I'm asking you as a young, as a younger fan. She reuses lyrics that she has used in another song that she wrote previous to this album. Maybe I do. I don't know right this second. <laughs> what, what are you Just talking about? Just say you about? don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so love song that she sings with Prince on like Prayer album. Love song uh has and during the bridge of Love song, time goes by so slowly for those who wait and those who run seem to have all the fun. Is reused on this, and so that, I think that also um, got a lot of fan excitement because it was a record, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I know these lyrics!" Right? They're from "Love Song." Yeah. Are you familiar with "Love
1: Song"? I have. I've just it's just okay. I, I, it's been a long time <laughs> since I've listened to that track. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, now you have something to go. Now you have some homework to go back. To yeah. <laughs> and re-listen to that song. This actually sort of is a. I know she's probably done this before, but I think this is kind of the start where you start recognizing and noticing that she starts doing that more and more with uh this record and albums that come after this is where she starts kind of self self-refer- self-referencing herself either if it's through um previous previous work that she's done previous songs or um or literally reusing a song title literally reusing a song title yes <laughs> and we will get to that too <laughs> um so let's talk about some of the performances so she performed this was one of the ones she performed a lot and one of the main performances that we saw was on the grammys where she opened up the grammys with the gorillas, gorillas and they used this cool little um uh it's the way they basically do uh virtual reality like on how they're they're able to replicate yeah whitney houston on stage and tupac on stage it's they use these screens but the the, it was like, the like the holograms 1.0. Yes, <laughs> holograms 1.0. That's a very good, that's very um, astute. Um, and w- what it was is I believe that the gorillas were using it and she noticed that and she goes, I want to do that too. And I, I believe the gorillas were not happy with her. Really? Kind of like, in essence, like stealing their thunder, so to speak, and taking their um, the way that they perform and having her do that too but they conceded and she got her way as always yeah uh and i actually like the mashup when it starts too when the gorillas are playing their track and and it goes right into hung up and then of course the real track starts and then she's on the other the other stage where she actually opens up but everyone thought it was it looks as though she's really yeah. there performing. And they fine. opened the
1: Grammys. That yeah. was that was the opening yep. performance of the night. And see, I think now that you now that you describe it like I can see why maybe the gorillas weren't so fond of the idea because it starts as a mashup and then it's like, okay, now it's done. The 30 <laughs> seconds is over, now it's all hung up. It's all but, Madonna. All the but time. yeah, when I watched the performance like I assumed like they would be thrilled because like who would not be thrilled at the prospect of like sharing the stage with Madonna. But like I see now after the way you describe it, I can see why they would feel like they were overshadowed, but that's like, pick like your battles. I think that <laughs> yeah. that's
0: um, something people face in any industry is a lot of the, the politics within the industry. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I'm, I'm sure you have it in your job. I have it in my job yeah. where it's just like this person gets the final word just because either they're more well known or they're they're more considered more successful or yeah. um, considered a leader that and I'm using all air quotes um, when I say that but I think that when you are um, an artist of a certain caliber you, you want uh, your integrity doesn't want to um, sway in any way and I think perhaps the gorillas might felt like the integrity of the way that they perform perhaps was that stink? was going to be overshadowed by Madonna now doing what they've already been doing for years. Right. So I I can kind of understand where they might be coming from. And it's also a rumor. I don't know if it's hundred percent sure, but I'm going to buy into the, for the sake of this argument, I'm going to buy into that rumor. And sh- she performed this a few other times, you know, uh, I I don't remember every single performance that she did for this, but I will say that um, she hit it out of the park every single time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got the lead single treatment as it should have. Like your lead single is the song which will be most exposed to, to the world when they think of the album and like pretty much every single um, performance that I watched, even when she was performing different songs, I think, for a few television appearances she also did get together but never was it never was hung up not part of the equation like it was always performed um one thing which was really interesting to me which like we will get into later um i'm sure is how this track both opened the album and opened every major performance like she did like if it was only one song she was going to do, it was going to be hung up. And if there were multiple songs, if it was like a set list, like with Coachella or Coco Club, like hung up always used to open the show. But with the tour, it was closing the show. And that's something which I want to talk about because I thought it was really interesting because this one song, which like people think of as the perfect opener for the album and like so many shows that she's done, also turned out to be the perfect closure or like the encore for the tour. Yeah. Well, uh, what I, and well,
0: will uh, of course talk about the tour because we're going to talk about the album right. and then the tour. That's the um, always we still do. You know, I do my, my, my tour episodes a little bit different now. So um, we were talking about this before we started recording, but she performed every song on this record on tour, except for two of them, mm-hmm. which, you know, was, I, it, the light bulb kind of went off in my head while we were talking about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she really did. She yeah. she really promoted. <laughs> she really toured this record, regardless if it was the promotional tour at the beginning to promote the record or for the tour itself. Um, but I did want to call out. I know she did. Um, uh, Star Academy was one of those performances, and I just want to call it like the the silver dress because yeah. she's also performing on these European shows, and their cameras look at a bit always look a little bit different to me like that the way that it's you see things on the screen have it almost looks like there's a filter on it but I just remember that dress because it almost looked like chain mail and it was reflecting off the lights and it just looked like it shimmered on her like the entire like it was glowing essentially right um
1: it was like find every single sequin and crystal (laughs) in like a 40 mile radius and like yeah. put it on this dress. It was also very interesting because every other performance she did of this song, like it was in a leotard or like a leotard and a jacket, but like that one performance. And I think she also did get together Um, yep. um at star Academy was in that silver dress, which when I first saw that dress, I was like, this is so different from like every, thing she's worn and by everything she's worn i mean like a purple leotard (laughs) for uh, for every other performance um but when i first saw that i was like this is great this is like what a very glamorous church lady would wear if she had like the gayest son (laughs) 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 who made the dress for his mom well i just remember her body being very accentuated and i'm looking
0: at a picture of it now and you can like Almost see through the dress, you could almost like see her full breasts. Was it sheer? It was oh. sheerish, but it was you could see. It was Dolce Dolce and Gabbana, the Fall Winter 2005 collection, silver crystal embellished dress and a pair of silver lace up boots, custom made for her by Yves Saint Laurent. So, um, I just remember that was my favorite performance, just because she looked very 70s, It looked at disco. She had the the weenie rolls in her hair. Um, and she just embodied this whole culture of the 70s. And even in the video, there's very there's a lot of nods to um, Saturday Night Fever, um, yeah. which also gets a big nod in the Confessions Tour as well. So it's just, um, I love how she just embraces a theme and just runs with it
1: yeah she she went all all the way and like now that i look at the the picture, yeah if now that i look at the picture of the dress i like resend my statement yeah church lady would never wear that (laughs) (laughs) but see i i thought it was i didn't realize it was sheer because simply because of the recording quality of cameras back then you don't really get to see that um when you're actually watching the televised performance of star academy um at least the YouTube, the version on YouTube that I watched, like it wasn't in high definition quality. So I had no idea yeah. um, that this dress was sheer, but now that I'm looking at like a still picture, I'm like, oh yeah, this no covers off a church. lot. Gay better. church. Gay church. Yeah. <laughs>
0: AKA disco, but you know, studio 54, definitely. Oh, very um, studio 54. Yeah. But we've been talking about hung up for a while, Yeah, you know, uh, respectfully. Um, but let's get into get together. So get together was supposed to be the second single and they ended up replacing it. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was last minute or what the decision was, but it was also supposed to be the sequel. The video was supposed to be a sequel to hung up, but that actually went to sorry as a second single and sorry, got the video sequel treatment and get together, get together Mm -hmm. is the name of this podcast. And I thought it was a very, very fitting appropriate because that's what I wanted to do is to get together with lots of fans and talk about different Madonna projects. And, you know, I wanted to have some sort of pun or, you know, direct relation to some sort of Madonna lyric or song title. And I thought this was the perfect one. And I will say that the um, I feel like this song got shafted when it got released. So they released it as a third single. But it was after the promotion of everything just like died down. The video treatment was. Um, we will. We can talk more about it um, later. But she did a gig at Coco Nightclub um, as well as Coachella, where you know this song and she always always performed the song, especially during the European tours, uh, promo tours, where she'd sing this song along with Hung Up, right. and so it got a lot of listens because people that weren't aware of what the album sounded like yet they got a preview of it and they could hear another track of the song and so what they did for the video is they used her performance from the coco gig and put some animation over it and there's actually two versions there's a european version and a u.s version however i will argue that the quote unquote, European version is what was shown in America. The European version was not seen until I think they premiered it on Icon fan club first, and then they put it on the Celebration uh, DVD collection, Mm -hmm. which they call now the US version. And so the European version doesn't really exist anywhere except on YouTube now.
1: Um, I agree. This this song was really shafted. And I think part of it is because the album... Well, the lead single, Hung Up, came out in October. And then the album came out in November sometime. Mm -hmm. Both of which were in the fall. And then this didn't get released until, like, May something? Yeah, like, the mid to late May. So it was, like, well after the album was released, it was, like, I think not that there's there are guidelines to like when you can or cannot release a single but i think the time had passed for like this song to get its shine as a single and i yeah. feel like if they released it maybe prior to the album coming out like it would get so much more traction but i personally love this song i think it catches you off guard because you go from hung up which gets you pumped up it like slowly crescendos and like it gets your adrenaline rushing and then get together starts and then you're like oh this is it's very much the same album it's very much still um in the same vein of like okay dance your troubles away however it's very different it's like night and day from hung up in the sense that like you don't expect a song that goes that hard to go into this song which is very much laid back when she's singing, but it's like the instrumental and the music, which is like more so true i I mean
0: I get that as well um to me, this reminded me of angel, so it had kind of that tempo where it's like it's very mid tempo it's danceable, yeah to an extent, but it doesn't really go anywhere like it it pretty much stays the same vibe i mean i I don't want to use the term flat lines or yeah. or, or doesn't really. It doesn't have a lot of highs or lows. Yeah. It just kind of it's there. But I love I love that it's just there. Yeah. And I love that you know after we just got this complete hype of of hung up, you know we kind of just go into the subdued kind of like, all right, you're still gonna groove to this album, and you know I, here's here's
1: this other song yeah and it's it's so interesting because like we're talking about this song and we're we're describing using these words like where it like just stays there it's very mid-tempo but danceable um but like when you listen to it like i remember listening to the song for the first time and i was like this album was like 2005 and this song still gives me like it gives me edm Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which which wasn't really EDM wasn't really a th- that much of a thing back in 2005 and like it's interesting how this song even though it's not it's I don't know how to describe it like it's it it, it doesn't have the cadence or like the beats per minute that EDM does but like that's still what it's giving me like laid back EDM sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a paradox but like that's what I'm getting no, right I now. I see what you're
0: saying and yeah like it, it basically was, which Madonna kind of infused into pop music was electronica, which kind of fused into mm-hmm. this Euro dance, which kind of then evolved into EDM. So it's kind of like um, the evolution. She was part of the beginning of the evolution of what EDM end up, yeah. ends up becoming, but I will, and this is... It's very interesting that you bring that up because I feel like a lot of these songs pair very well with MDNA. Which I don't know if people would agree with me, but I think if you took some of these songs and alternated them between the tracks that you find on MDNA, you will find that they pair
1: very well together give me a specific example of what you're talking about because for the podcast for the listeners who can't see this when you made this comparison i rolled my eyes towards the back of my head because i was like what is he talking about okay um <laughs> if you take so-
0: if you take something Come like on. for example if you take future lovers and then you play i'm addicted hmm. i think they pair very well together you could think that they're on the same album.
1: Okay. I I can see where you're coming from, but Future Lover mm-hmm. Future Lovers seemed like See, in my head all of these songs like this album was very cohesive as a unit because like it was meant to throw back and throw back hard towards like the 70s. Um, yes. and like i that's that's what comes to my mind when i think of future lovers but that's not exactly what comes to my mind when i listen to i'm addicted well i i understand
0: that and i think what you have to do is take yourself out of the the theme around this whole like studio 54 disco record which which she it it was sort of like a it may have been a natural evolution for where she was going with European dance and everything like that. But at the same time, what we didn't talk about is that some of these songs evolved from a musical she was trying to write hung up specifically was written for, um, what was, what was the name of hello? Uh, hello suckers was the name of a musical she was trying to write with a Stuart price, I believe, or, um, hello suckers. But, (laughs) She ended up reworking it to use for this album. Let's so that we don't have to belabor the point, and for me to get out of this EDM conversation. Maybe
1: I concede now <laughs> before we move on. Like I'm looking at the track list, and I'm like, okay, maybe I can see "Girl Gone Wild." I would just say,
0: like, give it a give it a try. Go to make create a playlist, and just pick some of the the more hyper dance tracks that are on MDNA, which are mostly all sort of hyped up songs and play them against some of the favorite songs that you have on confessions and see how they work together
1: interesting thought experiment
0: yeah. <laughs> um now i the thing i hate most about this single too is the cover of the single <laughs> it is the and the music video worst <laughs> Well, actually, it won't be the worst. We'll get the sticky and sweet on the <laughs> a future episode. Um, well, I mean, I get the concept of the single cover. I'm looking at it now. And it looks like, well, there's two reasons why I hate it. First reason is it just looks like a generic group shot from the tour rehearsals yeah. or um, Cocoa Gig or something. I get it they're together. It's, yeah. it's very on the nose.
1: It's like, thanks guys. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's
0: almost like they abandoned the whole theme of the album just to throw this picture on there. And it's, yeah. it's it just looks, it looks sloppy. To me, this is sloppy artwork. Yeah. Um, I mean, they still use the same Madonna font, the same confessions font, but if you flip to the back, it's the same fucking picture. It's the picture. same
1: fucking picture.
0: It's the same fucking <laughs> picture. And I just feel like that's kind of like, oh i don't know lazy and i I will the
1: tour rehearsals
0: i don't know where this picture is from it maybe it's from the h&m campaign she did i don't that's another thing she did h&m campaign during this time um yeah
1: i i just always assumed maybe it was from like coco nightclub it could have been it could have been there
0: too i don't i don't know where it's from and i don't necessarily that's that's not the important thing to me it's just like one, who are these people? Like, we as fans <laughs> know after watching the tour and after watching I'm Gonna Tell You a Secret, some of the people are the same. Like, you see Monty's in there. You see uh, Stuart's in there. You see um, some of the, the dancers like uh, Cloud and Stuart, But her fucking assistant's in there. And, like, who... If, if I am just a casual buyer and I go to the record store and I go to a music store, which... They don't exist anymore, but, um, and I go and I'm looking at singles to buy and I go to pick this up. I'm like, what the fuck? what song is this? If, if I'm someone who is not really paying attention to the landscape of what Madonna is doing anymore, which, you know, I think she is starting to get to that point in her career around this time is like, people are, are sort of to, um, start dismissing her, which is a, a whole nother topic which I don't really want to get into because I think she, she was very successful during this era, but a lot of younger generational music was, was come, was coming up and becoming more popular, like black eyed peas and, um, uh, pussycat dolls. Like that was the music that was becoming more popular around this time. So if I'm a 10 year old, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany was, um, you know, going through some shit around this time, I believe. Uh, but like, those are the names that are in the forefront of yeah. music. Madonna definitely was still there, and I think um, you know she she definitely still staked her claim. But if I'm casually walking into it, and like you said, and like we talked about this this a release, this single release kind of got shafted in a way where it kind of um, the the video was interesting, but it wasn't exciting. Right. The single was already pushed back from when it was supposed to be the second single and then if i'm casually walking in a record store and you know and i see oh madonna has a new single out who the fuck are these people yeah that's much. what i'm thinking like <laughs> what is this single cover
1: see all i have to say is this single cover is proof that you never judge a book by <laughs> <laughs> this is This is, this is the number one reason. This is the evidence that I have to that proverb is that this is why you never judge a book by its cover because yeah, I agree. Like as someone who like listened to most of our albums, like in the age of Spotify and Apple music, like, and like on Spotify, like I was not listening to the individual singles. I was just listening to like the albums um, from start to finish. So I was looking at the album cover um for most of the time which i think the album cover on the other hand is fantastic um yes like i just love the contrasts and like the hot pink and like like the album cover tells me everything i need to know about the album it's giving me it, it tells me everything like i need to know about the album like i look at that and i'm like oh this is a record i'd want to buy so um Klein did the photography That's and I, I love
0: the treatment that they did with this because they enhanced all the photos. And and I don't mean that as in like the airbrush your face and stuff, but they like enhanced the colors to make them more vibrant. Um, they, you know, made her hair more red in a lot of these pictures. And of course, like the hung up cover. I love the hung up cover, uh, single cover. That looks very great. The sorry single cover, which we'll talk about in a second, um, but get together.
1: Yeah. No, it, 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 like, I, it, they dropped the ball. They dropped the disco ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it shattered. Yeah, like, on so many levels with this song. And I just do not understand why, because it really is one of the best songs on the album. And for a long time, it was my number one favorite song on the album. And so I just don't know why it got um, the unfortunate treatment that it did. Like, I feel like, had it been. The second single instead of sorry, um, maybe a lot of that could have been averted. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And a single like... cover, I just do not understand who greenlit this. Well, it's Gaio <laughs> Siri, her manager, because Guy. I just looked. Gaio
0: Siri is the one who took that picture. So, um, and I said her assistant, but I think it was her former assistant and was then her co-manager, um, Angela Becker, um, that is in the picture and along with all the dancers. And again, it's it's not that I don't think that dancers deserve credit or anything like that. It's just that when you're thinking about promoting a product, you, and you already are carrying this theme of, of like the Stephen Klein photo shoots. And there were numerous photo shoots that were done for numerous magazines around that time too. Like why, why weren't any of those considered? You know what I mean? There was, there was a a beautiful layout in Harper's Bazaar. Um, and I just, I don't get it. I don't understand
1: it. I mean, also it's bifurcated in what like, it, what bothers me. Like the picture is only like the top half of the cover And then it's Madonna get together. And then like the bottom half is basically the disco ball. And it's completely cut off too. It's like a straight line. You can barely see like from a distance. Now that I'm (laughs) sitting (laughs) across from you, I can't tell what that is. I'm like, is that just disco ball? And then when I look closely, I'm like, Oh, those are people. Meanwhile, (laughs) if I look at the hung up cover or the album cover from a distance, I can be like, Oh, that's Madonna looking right, right. Sickening as fuck. Yes. And um, Get Together does not give me any of that. Like, it, n- it makes no sense. Now, do you like
0: any of the, the remixes for Hung Up or Get Together? Are you a are you a remix
1: fan? I am a remix fan, but I do not know if the remixes that I've listened to, because I listen to, a lot of the remixes that I've listened to are from...
0: <laughs> Finally enough, what?
1: From, from, I hate to say this, from, like, the Gen Z age, where, like, okay, they're made by, like, artists on tiktok or youtube and i'm (laughs) not and i'm not sure if like some of them are remixes that were like put on the album or like the deluxe version
0: uh they were put on neither so um for all of these they were released on the single so this was things that fans loved about that's one thing fans love about madonna is that she likes to to do she likes to hire a lot of good remixers that and then essentially you go out and you buy this compact discs this compact disc maxi single which has all of the remixes on there and if you were lucky enough you could get the dj mixes which are longer so a lot of these they would uh, um, reduce them to like five minutes or so but some of them would be like nine minutes seven minutes um i will say that uh well i'll just say this now so that we don't have to (laughs) we don't have to go into it for each single i'm not a fan of the remixes Mm -hmm. from this album Except for, um, we can go ahead and start getting into it because I think we've talked enough about Get Together. (laughs) But um, sorry, on the next single, on that remix single, there is the Paper Faces remix of Let It Will Be, which has not been released to streaming yet. But that is the version of the song that she did on tour Mm -hmm. uh, when she performed the song. That one I love. And I love the extended mix of Jump. Beyond that, I, I don't find myself listening to the remixes of any of these songs mainly because i feel like the album is already remixed so to speak like it's already a dance record so i don't need another dance version of the same thing that i've already heard because i'd rather just listen to the album version
1: so here's i have two questions for you one to answer your question so i agree most of the time i am not a remix girl i like prefer the original to the remix almost any any time of any group. release the few exceptions that come to my mind I think when it comes to Madonna like for bedtime stories I think she had some excellent remixes and for oh, erotica sure. she had some excellent remixes those two albums and like their singles I think she had some fantastic remixes across the board um, other times like remixes don't really like, Tickle my fancy. Now here's another question I do have for you. Do you count extended cuts as remixes? Cause I just consider them extended versions of the song.
0: Yes and no. So <laughs> because you're probably a little, um, younger for this, I think when remixes first started, when they st- first started gaining more ground, they were essentially made for DJs so that when they were playing them in clubs, they'd be able to trans transition them better into other songs so they would have like what they called the 12-inch mix which yeah. is really just more of an extended volume mix. So if you listen to any of the early 80s Madonna remixes from the yeah. first album and second and basically third album, you will find that um they're more extended versions versus yeah. uh totally different yeah. reimagined. I mean, the versions. The 7-inch yeah. So when you get to like the Like a Prayer inch, yeah. album, that's where you really started hearing uh a, a real difference in the music and um it got i think we're around this time especially early 2000s that's when a lot of djs and everything started like really amping it up and really trying to reimagine it was all all like you know however many beats per minute that they could get in a song um and then it for me I felt like it just started to get redundant where all I'm hearing is just like don't 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 do like right and then it's just kind of like I started to lose interest I think American life had some good remixes I feel like um, but here on confessions and I love remixes but I think on this album in particular I feel like they already did a great job of putting out songs that felt like they were already remixed. So um, if anything, I would want to hear versions of these songs that felt more um, pulled back from a lot of the the BPMs that they were using, but they didn't. They just either kept the same BPMs or they just pushed them harder. And I just don't, they just don't like, I don't feel any of them that well.
1: Right. I mean, I think there's a few exceptions, like not too jump ahead (laughs) Um, but i think jump is one of the songs which and we'll talk about this later when we do get to jump um but i think if we're counting extended versions as remixes then i guess the extended cut of jump is what i prefer like far over to the version we got on the album. Like, that's why whenever I listen to Jump, like, on my playlist, it's not the album version, but it's the tour version. Mm. The tour album version that she put out, which is extended version. Like, it goes so much harder than the album version, simply because I think that's just a song that needed time to breathe, to, like, give you the full effect. Like, the album version, it just feels... And it's, it's it's not even a short song. It's like, it's upwards. It's between three and four minutes long. But like, it still feels very short. And like the tour version actually makes me go hard and makes me jump. I feel like the album version like just cuts off before like the best part comes. I see that. But let's wait. Let's wait to talk about
0: yeah. that. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Sorry. Um, so, and what we haven't really dug into because we keep jumping around <laughs> so to speak um we keep jumping around and, and, talk, and going backwards and, and talking about some things but um confessions on a dance floor was released in two different versions the one if you bought the cd you would hear what is called the non-stop version which yeah. all the songs transition into each other yeah and i think a lot of people argue they're like oh no one's ever done this before which is not true um, but w- her reasoning around it was to make it sound more like you were like in a disco club, like that's yeah. what you do, like songs are nonstop. They go into each other, they merge into each other. And I yeah. love the way that, that this did other, it, other artists that have done something similar is, um, Prince with the love, sexy His was like that. And he actually removed the ability to jump between tracks. So, um, when the CD of Love Sexy actually came out, you'd have to listen to it as one continuous track, which on a CD player, you're like, I want to, I want to skip to another song. Yeah. I want to skip to when two are in love, but I can't, because I don't know exactly where it is. And the same thing with the record, because usually on a uh, on the vinyl, you could see like the gap where you can um, put the needle so that you can yeah. get to the next track. Um, and another good example, because I I feel like... um. I don't want to say Madonna copies other people because I, I think that Madonna, you know, comes up with her own vibe and everything. But I, I think when people say like, Oh, I've never seen, I've never heard another artist do this, or I've never seen another artist do that. I'm
1: kind of like, well, you know,
0: calm down. Uh, Less than 10 (laughs) years ago, Gloria Stefan did this with her Gloria album. And I don't know if you're familiar with Gloria Stefan or the Gloria album, but she did, essentially the same thing It is a dance disco type record and the songs merge into each other. Right. So I don't, I'm not saying Madonna stole that idea or is copying that idea. I think Madonna found her own way because it is a different type of dance music than what was done in 98 versus yeah. Like, so Gloria put out Gloria in 98 and Madonna put out Ray of light in 98, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary. You're wearing a shirt.
1: I You're am, I am for the viewers who can't see, I am wearing, um, a monograph, uh, Ray of Light cover yes. t-shirt right now.
0: Um, but you know, Madonna was doing something different then too. So yeah, I think again, there's room for every artist, every diva, every, you know, artist that we love. Um, but Back to sorry.
1: Yeah, and I mean, to, to like, some of that discussion really quick, like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every right. single time. Like, you can you can have your own take on an idea that's really been done before and still be original because it's your interpretation of that. Exactly. And I think Confessions was very much that. Like, yeah. you can play this in a gay nightclub if the DJ is not available and, like, you have an hour of, like, music to, like, dance to and, like, the gays will be fed. yeah
0: i agree um so sorry we're not going to apologize for what we just said because i'm sure you guys have
1: heard it all before
0: uh so sorry was the third single us sorry 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 was the the second second single third track on the album and this is what got the sequel video treatment to hung up which is In a way, it it picks up where hop leaves off. So that's where the video picks up. And they did something special for it in the UK. They had a Madonna Pimp My Ride because Pimp My Ride used to be a very popular show um, here in the US. And they also did it in the UK. And in this version, they pimped up the van that she uses in the video. And um, this is where you got to get your roller roller skates on because Madonna... Put them on again after probably not doing it since the early 80s or late 70s and learned how to roller skate all over again and uh, made dancers do it on the tour. It was a great performance. Um I will say uh S- Sorry is a song for me that has been a grower, not a shower. Meaning like I wasn't a huge fan of it when I heard it on the on the record so so far, so far we're only one out of three songs that I that I like <laughs> enjoy when I first heard the record. But no, I think it's I think it's a, a good song and it's a great dance song and I can see why they made it the second single. They wanted to keep up the momentum of the high paced uh, fast fast paced danceability of music that was going to be on this album. And so I think it was probably a smarter choice than get together as the second single. I'm a little disappointed that get together wasn't the second single cuz I really loved that song when I heard it. But um I it, it's a great it's a great track. What do you think of it?
1: I see this is another thing we disagree on because for me like I was obsessed with this song from the moment I heard and I think the first time I heard this album, I think this was the first track I heard on the album ever. Um which is surprising because like when most people think of confessions. They think of hung up, but I believe this was the very first track I listened to on the album, and I loved it from the moment I um, first heard it. I love the I love the album version, but yet again another version where I prefer the tour version over the version on the album. Like I feel like the live version is just is like it, it brings the song to life in. Such a grand way that like the album version does not, and that's not to say that the album version is devoid of life because I still love that song. Um, but I just, I just feel like this still. You will see that this is a pattern that comes up in this album multiple times where I will say, "Oh, I prefer the tour version," um, because I just feel like this was one of her best tours, which we'll get into too. But I love this song. I. Do you know how many different languages she says I'm sorry in throughout the course of the song because she said it she says it in the beginning and then she says it in like at least 10 other languages during the bridge like have you ever counted I believe I knew
0: at some point in time yeah but I have let that slip from my memory how many times is it do you know
1: i i do not know i know (laughs) it's definitely more than 10 but like i didn't even realize that like she was saying i'm sorry in multiple languages when like at one point like when i was listening to it like she said it in my native tongue which is urdu or hindi and i was like wait what the fuck am i listening to because she's trying her best but she's still but sure is the pronunciation oh. of the words. Um, but I was like, Oh that's what she's trying to do here. Yeah. Um and then I realized, okay, that's a neat that's a neat touch. She's saying I'm sorry in so many different languages. Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> like this this is this is one of the songs which I I don't think I could get tired of listening to. I feel like at a certain point I will get tired of hung up or get together and I'll be like, okay, oh. like I can't really listen to this that many times in a row. Sorry is one of those songs which I can actually listen to on repeat. Countless times? I, I can. Okay. And I can I can at least say that for the tour version, more so than I can say that for the album version. Cool. Simply because of the interlude that was also on the tour version. I think that is something that really it helps. I did really love that. Yeah. Um, because I'm counting someone... the interlude as part of the song. Yes. Which
0: maybe technically is like...
1: Not allowed in this discussion. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I think it's a it's a mix that we don't hear. It's not on the remix yeah. single. Yep. Um, which again, I think uh, the mix that you're referring to on the tour version, I believe, is the Pet Shop Boys yep. remix. Uh, and I can't confirm that because I don't like the remixes on this oh. single. Not that I don't like them. I just don't find them necessary. And plus, sorry has never been one of my favorite songs on this record. So it is one that, you know, I'm not afraid to skip if I'm listening to the album. So
1: while you will listen to it countless times, I'm like,
0: yeah, I can,
1: I can go into the next track. It's also, it's interesting to me because like, I don't know if this is, if it's the same case for you, but like when I listened to the album on Apple music, Apple music also had the tour live album and on the tour live album some of the songs that she performed on the tour were not on the live album so on the tour mm-hmm. she went from sorry to like it or not i believe but on the live album like it or not was not on the track list so it goes directly from sorry to the sorry interlude which is why i feel like it just magnified and amplified the yeah we will the talk effect about song
0: her choices for what she included on the ad, the audio yeah. version of the the live <laughs> DVD uh CD combo um which is also on streaming but uh let's go ahead and uh jump to the next track <laughs> which we could literally say for every track yeah. um, <laughs> future lovers this to me is as close to ecstasy as you can on this album for me. This mm. is, this is a very callback to Donna Summer. Another sample. What really does it is the opening to the Confessions Tour, like really yep. brings this song to life. Yep. And I will argue that it, it is probably her best tour opening. Thank you. Song that Thank she's you. ever
1: used. Thank
0: you. And that is being a, a hundred percent true fan of Bond and Mission Tour. This, honestly, is... She made the perfect decision to open her tour with this. And I'm so glad that this song is included on the album in the evidence of its complete brilliance. Yeah. Honestly. I, literally. I,
1: I agree. Um, so I have a question for you because you said one of the reasons you didn't like Hung Up was because of the, the ABBA sample what about this song like do you have the same qualms against it because of the donna summer sample that was used or do you still enjoy it and okay like for like prior to the tour did you have the same enjoyment of the song prior to like seeing its live performance on the tour or like did you enjoy it less
0: no if anything i enjoyed it more also um the second i believe the way that they recorded this song, they did it in a way where it doesn't technically sample I Feel Love until the tour. Um, I believe what they probably did is try to capture the essence of the song. And so it sounds very, very similar, but not the same. same way, in the same way that uh, Blurred Lines Sounds like um the Marvin Gay song, right, but except they lost a court case around it, whereas I don't think Donna Summer's people or her estate sued Madonna over this, yeah. the use of making it sound very similar, so I did hear the very, very strong influence, which isn't sampled but in in essence like recreated um Mainly because I love I – f- I feel loved by Donna Summer. <laughs> anyway, I don't, right. I don't necessarily love right. Gimme 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 from ABBA. Yeah. So that's well, They're going the to oh, come for you. They're going to bring their pitchforks and
1: they're going to come for you.
0: I like Cher's version of Gimme Gimme Gimme. Isn't <laughs> no that weird? Um, uh no i would agree yeah uh i would agree oh and and someone did do a mashup between gimme uh shares gimme 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 i know i know i believe i sent it to you as soon as i listened to it i was like oh listen
1: to this mashup yeah
0: um but as as far as the song goes like it's it's very much an intro like this could have been the intro to the record too and i think it it would have have been great but i like it's very intense and it's very pulsating and it's got that whole like like going out throughout the entire time and it's almost like i can't i it's almost like a speeding train right you're on a speeding train and you can't step off of it or you're gonna or you'll crash so you gotta wait for it to make it my very first
1: like word on this song was it's not even a song it's an experience Yes, like it's every time i listen to this song i'm like am i tripping I am like 100% sober but like I feel like I'm tripping because it's just it's the kind of song where like you can groove to it and you can like you can dance to it if you want to but like you can also just like lay back and like feel like okay I am seeing colors and like movement on the wall and I'm having Mm -hmm. a fourth dimensional experience of like higher um existential living it's And I feel like you're right. On the tour, she made it a lot more obvious because she also sings I Feel Love as she is singing Future Lovers. Um, But yeah, another song, which I I, I warned you, like this will be something which comes up multiple times over the course of our discussion is that um, when I do listen to the song, I am primarily listening to the live album version from the tour, um simply because again i just enjoy how much longer it is like it's like eight minutes and 50 Mm -hmm. seconds or something um and i just and i i I enjoy future lover too but i just love since there is not an extended cut of the song i just stand the fact that there's an extended cut and she's also singing i feel love when she's doing it yeah and she sounds amazing when she's doing it like i i couldn't find any more footage from like different shows from the Confessions Tour, but at least when she sang it live um, at Wembley when she recorded the Confessions Tour for DVD, like, she sounded just phenomenal that night. Like, she yeah. did a fantastic job.
0: Uh, And I always was confused by what she was saying in the beginning, especially when we didn't have access to lyrics, but she did not include the lyrics in her... Um, in the, the booklet that, that came with the, the CD. So I always... At first, I thought she was saying ills and lows <laughs> because it's like well why would you say bills and loans like I, but then i get it like administration bills and loans but i was yeah. thinking like i think i was thinking a little bit more ethereal like ills and lows like forget those things and come being the evidence of this brilliance yeah but and then I was listening to it the other day and I looked at the lyrics that Spotify has and it says bills and loads with no. a load of laundry. No. Wait, so I don't know no. what the real words are I anymore. I feel,
1: okay, th- I'm grateful you said that because I was going to say the first time I listened to it, I, I my I heard loads. It was administration, bills, and loads. And I was like, my first, my exact first thoughts were Shouldn't it be loans? Administration bills and loans would make more sense, but I swear I heard loads. But like, it's, I think what she is actually saying is loans, and that's what the Apple Music lyrics say. I don't know about Spotify. Does it say loans or loads? Apple Music says loans.
0: Okay, Spotify says loads.
1: I, I, I mean what i'm gonna'm
0: gonna I'm gonna report it and I'm gonna say that it's a loaves like loaves of bread I think I'm just gonna well we need to hear
1: back it. we need to hear back <laughs> from her actual management on what the actual I'm sure
0: is. it's on her website I didn't double check but it probably is loans I would imagine that it's bills administration bills and loans um yeah. the next song is I love New York yeah which she Loves to remind people it is a state of mind song. It is a state of mind song, not specifically to New York, but a callback to you know her just kind of knowing that feeling of like when you're in New York and you she gets filled with a lot of energy, rebellious freedom. Yes, yeah. So, um, but what I want to say about this is because this is why I thought she was going to go in a different direction with this album, because in the I'm Going to Tell You a Secret documentary she features a song so we get a preview of the song before we hear it on the album and even though i know she's doing a dance record i remember i was in the theater with her while this song was playing and every fan starts like cheering the fuck out like they lost their fucking mind when they heard this song because she had already mentioned that she was writing a song called i love new york during live eight um in her interview with john norris but When this song started playing, everyone just like fucking lost their mind in the theater. And then she released a uh, DVD slash CD combo of Reinvention Tour slash I'm Going to Tell You a Secret. So it was all the songs that were featured within I'm Going to Tell You a Secret, including... The quote unquote demo version of I Love New York, which is very rock-driven yeah. and very heavy. Have you heard that version?
1: I How have it? heard okay. that version. I will say, um, so I love this song now, but this is my sorry where this song to me was a grower, not a shower. Which like it took me time to like this song. And I think I started liking this song once I started watching her perform it live and explain that it's not about the place. It's about a state of mind, Yeah, which is funny because she made sure she like emphasized that <laughs> specifically, especially when she was in London <laughs> in London at Coco and Coco club, because yeah. she was like, okay, I'm performing a song called I love New York and I'm in London. Um, and she's, she emphasized that it's not about the place. It's about a state of mind. And what is the New York state of mind? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I imagine when she performed this in New York, it was not a state oh, of mind. It, it was, was definitely, it was
1: definitely like yeah. the anthem for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I will say that the album version was a grower for me because I, I became so accustomed and in love with the demo version because I loved hearing her go in the rock direction because it was um, a little bit sort of like out of the box, but also throwback to her, her kind of like early, punk rock band days when she performed in a a punk rock band. So um, I was expecting this album to be a little bit more rock than it was. Yeah. So I remember hearing this version on the record. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, where's my, where's my rock version? So it took me a little while to kind of um, warm up to this version of the song, but I still love it nonetheless. I still love both versions. I still probably prefer the rock version, uh just for nostalgia purposes it's the first version i heard and it was me it was the nostalgia of me anticipating that this was going to be a rock album so therefore i i sort of like prefer the
1: um the rock version contrary to um my usual patterns like this is one of the songs where i actually prefer the album version to both the demo and the tour okay yeah cool but I will say, like, this is one of the songs I, like, I enjoyed specifically because, and maybe you can feel free to disagree, like, I, I think this is the most unfiltered she is on the entire album. And she's letting herself go in a way, like, like, this is, like, she is truly in the New York state of mind in this song because you feel the rebellious freedom. And, like, she is making bold statements, like, and george bush can suck my dick like yeah if you can go to texas and suck george bush's Bush's dick dick, yeah Yeah. um like you like who who, who's done who's done that like who like who do you think who has the gumption and the gall to actually like say that like and that's what I love about this song so much is that like she's going there and she's like she doesn't give a shit. She's yeah. not afraid to like, Well, I love that
0: she literally. says, This is a state of mind and then goes and trashes other <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like Paris in London, baby you can keep. As she is in London, Coco Knight like performing this like, uh, nerve. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and then she she keeps saying that she's like baby you can keep baby you can keep baby you can keep what I'd be interested
0: to know and someone who's listening may know this but did she re-record this for the album or did they use the demo extract her 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 singing because uh, usually it's it's recorded on a separate track anyway and just rearrange the track like what did store price do did he make her re-sing it and re-record it or is it the same version and he just spiced it up and made it and essentially remixed it for the album. Right. Which goes back to that's one thing I love about the album is that it sounds like it's already remixed. Therefore, that's why I'm not, uh, that's why I'm not really drawn to remixes that were made for this album because it already feels like a remixed album. So if I'm going to hear any version. It would be like the rock version. I want someone to remix it and, and pull it away from the dance floor.
1: yeah no seems- this is one thing which really piques my interest is that the life cycle of a song like it's like a pokemon evolving <laughs> it's like where okay. it started like the very first demos and like what was finally released on the album and like there's like so many like lady gaga songs that i like ha- like have the same experience with like you listen to the demo and you're like Wow, they went a completely different direction when they, like, actually, like, released the album. Like, it's changed Mm -hmm. so much that, like, it's not even the same song. But it's very interesting because in some cases, they still... The artist doesn't re-record the song. They just extract the same vocals they recorded over maybe a different instrumental Mm -hmm. and then, like, reuse them for, like, the newer version and vision they have.
0: Um... Yeah, and if you're just tuning in, we've now uh, merged into talking about Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. This is
1: a whole other podcast now. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I want to talk about What It Will Be, and I don't have a lot to say about that, that song. I like the song. I like it in its album format, but for me, the ultimate version is the Paper Faces remix that is on the Sorry remix single. That is my, that is the go th- that's the same version that she does on tour. So that is right. That is the the track. That's the version that I love the most.
1: And isn't that the same version that she also did on Coachella? I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Like at Coachella, at Coco Club. Like, it's it's the superior version of the song. That's another song. When I listened to the album for the first time, I, I'm afraid of saying this in front of you, but like maybe I'll just say it. Like the album version. It's a skip for me. (laughs) Like Usually when I listen to the album, I'm like, okay, we will just go from I Love New York to Forbidden Love, which Forbidden Love is also a skip for me. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um,
0: Gasps. Well, listen, do you have anything else to say about what it will be? Do do you like the performance that she did at Coco and and Coachella? Yes,
1: because that version is like significantly, significantly better than the album version.
0: Well, it feels more rock, right? Yeah. I mean, even if if it's mostly like conga the conga drum yeah. baseline it it just it matches well with the way that she performs it too she performs it by essentially just gyrating down a, a catwalk just making expressive movements and yeah. and it's very um it's very burning up it's very gambler it's it's her just kind of like uh, expressing herself in in the most rock and roll way to me it's more rock and roll than i love new york and ray of light when she does that section like it's just to me it's just like pure rock and roll that version of the song and i love the way that she performs it i i would welcome it back in a set list in the future perhaps on the celebration tour which we can talk about a little bit later but um it probably won't be just because it's not a single. It wasn't a single. Interesting. That is an interesting
1: <laughs> statement. Like you would welcome back "Let It Will Be" over like other songs on this album on the tour.
0: Uh, I would welcome it back over any song that we've talked about so far, except "Get Together."
1: You would. I would rather. That.
0: I'd rather have "Get Together." Uh, actually, if I look, I'm gonna go ahead and and I'll say it. Yes, I would welcome "Get Together" and "Let It Will Be." paper faces
1: remix version over any other tracks on this album that is a bold statement and i mean yeah i can see that like and listen it's possible like it's very possible because and again not to go back to talking about lady gaga but like on the joanne world tour she performed (laughs) she she performed bloody mary even before bloody mary went viral like these Mm -hmm. last few months after um I
0: was familiar with Bloody Mary before this, before that TikTok trend.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, I have been saying that like Bloody Mary was the best song on Born This Way, like since the album came out. So like, like this is not new information to me. And like, I am, uh, there was no greater validation to me with any greater than any other TikTok trend than that song going viral. But again, yeah, like it's not uncommon for artists to like surprise fans by doing a deep cut on an album. So it's possible. Because, I mean, I think she knows that this is one of the songs which was a lot more effective in captivating an audience live when she did it on tour or in the nightclub than when, like, it was just the studio version on the album.
0: Yeah, I I would 100% agree. I think this was probably an overlooked song by fans. It was just part of, it was just one of the tracks on the album but yeah. when she performed it live they're like oh shit yeah yeah this song yeah i love this song
1: yeah like um, if i like back then if i had a say like i'd be like oh i like i if she didn't perform this on the tour i'd have no problem with it but then after watching the tour i'm like oh shit i'm so glad she did because this slaps yeah
0: literally Cause she slaps the camera yeah. During, yeah. during the performance. <laughs> I forgot about that live.
1: shot. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true.
0: I wish there was more light though, because she was very it was. She had a lot of shadow on her face because of the, the covering of the camera. Wow. But, um, yeah, I I do love the song. I, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's kind of like it's, it's there's no good way to describe it other than if you have to go and listen to it because most fans know what we're talking about, and yeah. someone who's more of like a casual fan that isn't familiar with the song. My recommendation is to go out and watch the Confessions Tour live and see this song, or go watch Coachella or Coco live and see her perform this song. Cause it's just it's it's one of my favorites and I think it's more of like a deep cut that I like. So let's um, quickly talk about the next well, I don't want to say quickly talk about the next track, but let's talk about the next track and um, and we will say say farewell until part two of Confessions on a Dance Floor. The next track being Forbidden Love. The important thing that I'm sure all fans want to know, or at least (laughs) I want to know, which version of Forbidden Love do you prefer? Is it Confessions on a Dance Floor version? Or are we going to go back to 1994 and say Forbidden Love from Bedtime Stories?
1: This is interesting because when when we first became friends... I asked you this exact same question because I was trying to gauge how much taste you had. And I asked you <laughs> the same question and you and I have the same answer, which is, bitch, bedtime stories all day. That version is... Yes. Very much superior to this version and to which I would say, I do not mind if we talk about this next song very quickly. <laughs> because, and I, I, I don't want to be mean to the song. I feel like the song... It's not that I dislike the song. I just think that, like, I was pitted against this song. Just, I just, it's the name. I feel like if it had a different name, maybe, like, mentally, I could separate myself from, like, comparing it to one of the best songs from Bedtime Stories, which at the very beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that... um, when we when we became friends and I said I wanted to be on the podcast, I said I wanted to be on either Confessions on the Dance Floor, Erotica, or Bedtime Stories. And, like, I, I love Bedtime Stories is maybe one of my top three favorite Madonna albums, along with most likely this one, too. So, yeah, I, I can't help but make the comparison every time. Um, and, like, I think that's why it's unfair is because maybe if that automatic, like, mental comparison didn't exist, I would be inclined to maybe give this song a fair chance and be like, huh, it's not all that bad. But since we live in a world where that comparison (laughs) is being made and they share, like, the literal premise of a song, its name, like, I'm sorry, like, the the 1994 Bedtime Stories' Forbidden Love is just... A far superior song. And, like, I mean, that's also just one of the best songs from Bedtime Stories because it's so wistful and, like, such a sad song. I would agree
0: that Forbidden Love Bedtime Stories is superior to this Forbidden Love on Confessions, on a dance floor. Uh, I am not necessarily... I don't hate the song. I actually like listening to it. And one of the things that I do like about it, which we're we're going to we're going to end part 1 here because we'll we'll start with jump on the next episode but the thing that i liked about it is during the nonstop version of this album the way that it transitions from forbidden love into jump, jump. is my favorite transition in the entire album but the song itself it's okay it's it's for me I don't typically skip songs when I'm listening to the album, but I can see how it's a skippable song. <laughs> That's not yeah. fair to it, but for me, it's, it, it doesn't like... And even the performance in Confessions Tour, uh, I know people, a lot of people are fans of this performance from the tour, but again, but <laughs> when we get to... It. <laughs> Talk about the confessions tour. Yeah, you will see that this this section
1: that this song is in is not my favorite section of the tour either. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I now I'm now I you know, eagerly what? wait talking I mean, about <laughs> it because I mean if we were again to jump ahead really briefly, I like the section a lot, but I will agree even the performance I did not enjoy simply because it was sandwiched between two of the best performances of the tour, which were like lift to Tell" and "Isaac." Yes, and, but like maybe then again that's just me because I have already said that I am very very much partial to the Confessions tour, so I will say this is one of my favorite performances. About like more than half of the performances on the tour, so yeah. And Forbidden Love was not one of them. Um, what partly because of the song and then also because of the placement because it was it followed Live to Tell, which was great, and then it was followed by Isaac, which was fantastic. Um, so, I'm sorry, Forbidden Love. Yeah. Oh,
0: 05. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> oh, 05. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we pause here and we will let everyone, um, you know, pick their jaw off off the floor uh, while they hate us for not <laughs> liking <laughs> Forbidden Love. Okay. And we will continue the next episode when we we'll talk further and finish talking about the album Confessions on a Dance Floor. Thank you for being here, Rayon, and we will talk again soon. You can say like thank you or
1: something. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what to do because I mean the podcast ends here and you guys will hear from us again in a couple of weeks, but like we are still very much in the same room and we are going no, to start talking to, about the next to, song in like 15 seconds. We have to seconds. create the illusion <laughs> that we are talking that we're the going image. to end the episode. <laughs> okay, we have just to Just say thank you. Reality. Th- oh say thank oh you my God, me. this is now a comedic podcast. Thank you for having me. I look forward to being here next time. <laughs>
0: please be sure to like subscribe rate and review the madonna get together on your favorite podcast streaming platform and be sure to follow on instagram at madonna get together until then my beautiful strangers